What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. It is right after the holiday season. Still got a little bit of the Christmas vibe, but we're going to get started with today's show. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. What up, ladies and gents? I am here with Mitch Wax, and we're going to be talking a little bit about business, a little bit about entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurialism, and of course, it's the end of 2020, so maybe we'll talk a little bit about what's to come in 2021. Mitch, welcome to the program. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. I love your intro, and props to you for getting my last name pronounced correctly. Way to go. Well, to be in all fairness, you said it right before the show. So oh. yeah. <laughs> I just listened. I just listened. That's how it works. You should take credit. I, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Mitch. Yeah. Uh, I, always, uh, I always like to start off the show with uh, asking people, how do you define success? What does success look like in your mind? That's a great question. So that answer has changed over the years. And when I was young, when I was probably your age, it was all about money. And I had money targets throughout the way. Um, as I sit here now, um, older, wiser, uh, been through a lot, that, that answer looks a little different. It looks something like this. Uh, the ability to do what I want, when I want, how I want. And entrepreneurship has allowed me uh, that kind of a lifestyle. Um, I'm no longer chasing a number, you know. Um, I'm now making sure that I can enjoy as many life experiences as I can. And for me, when I don't have to call into my office every day or every week or even in a month, and I can talk about that later, and know that everything in my company is going well, and it allows me to do other things that I really want to do, that's success. All right, well, I want to dig a little bit deeper here because it is a common theme uh, amongst uh, entrepreneurs who reach a, a, a pinnacle of their, of their, I guess, hunt, right, when it comes to chasing those dollars, uh, where, where, you know, it is a lot about that. It is a lot about uh, having, exchanging that time for money. It is a lot about, you know, where your money works for you, you no longer work for your money. But what is it that you have found when you reach that point that you feel like, yes, I've made it. This is my personal idea of success. Okay. So, uh, well, really just to expand on, on what I said, um, the uh, ability to kind of do what I want. So I'll give you an example. Um, about, uh, I guess, September of this year, I left my hometown. I found an Airbnb uh, in the middle of the woods in nowhere, Colorado. Uh, I drove there. You know, I worried about still the pandemic back in September. And I drove there. I spent 30 days, uh, no Wi-Fi, no internet, uh, no communication for a month. And in that month, I spent uh, every day with one singular purpose, and that was to write a book. Mm -hmm. And it, it has just been something that I have wanted to do for myself uh, for years. And I just kept putting it off. It was one of those, 
oh, I'll start a little bit. I'll I'll write a beginning of a chapter. I'll I'll put some some chapter headlines down, and then another four years goes by and nothing is done. Well, I, I was able to go away, spend a month, not even needing to check in with my staff, and write a 500-plus page book on entrepreneurism. Yeah, I bet you were kind of hoping that when you were done with your however long, I don't know if you defined the month ahead of time or not, but you were kind of hoping, right, that when you were done with uh, with that, that the pandemic would also be over. You can like turn on your internet and then all of a sudden, you know, welcome back to real life. You can fly home or something like that, right? You know, there is no doubt you're, you're spot on. I was hoping that this would be over by now. Um and it, well, it just isn't. And we have to roll with the punches, don't we? I, I mean, and that's, I think, uh, this is a perfect example of what entrepreneurs have to face every day. And that is the ability to look at uh, uh, tough struggles, tough challenges, and roll with the punches and be incredibly flexible if you're going to be successful. You can't have a game plan anymore that is A, B, C, and D and just so linear. It, because you may get to D, but it may not be through B and C. It may be A, Q, L, R, D. Does that make sense? That totally does. You have to be ready for that. All entrepreneurs have to be. And if you can't be, if you're a linear person, when the first, the first sign of a struggle happens, you're going to fold. Uh, and look at how many entrepreneurs have folded right now. Now, a lot of it's not due to anything they've done but maybe it's to do with stuff they haven't done or they weren't prepared for or or psychologically they just couldn't handle the kind of massive change that was required. Um, I have almost all of my friends are entrepreneurs and they have been for years and years. And uh, it's really amazing to, to talk to them and see how all of them, all the successful ones, uh, immediately were taking a look at, okay, what do I have to do to get uh, through this? Uh, how can I use this to my advantage? How can I grow my company rather than just how do I not lose so much of my company, right? And the best ones grew through COVID. They didn't just survive, but they expanded. Well, let's talk, let's, let's hover on that because I, I love this conversation uh, about being able to kind of morph your way through a situation, right? You're, we're, Bruce Lee said it best, you know, be like water, right? And that's like kind of like what what we have to do when it comes to being an entrepreneur, there's always going to be some some hiccups that come come down the road. Now you have a background in home health care, right? Uh, and in, when COVID hit in March, um, a lot of the concern had to do with our aging population. Now right. let me take you back a little bit before COVID. Uh, I'm I'm heavy in the uh, life insurance space, in the financial planning space. I, I tend to listen to a lot of stuff going on in that space, and they were uh, talking a lot about how we were having an aging population already, where we we're having people turning 65 by the thousands every single day for the next like 10 years. Right? It was just the the population 20. was getting yeah in 20 years exactly people aging in, into that population. Mm -hmm. Now, on top of just getting older, which is the natural progression of life, we've thrown in COVID, uh, which has limited a lot of the personal interactions that we have. And yet you have a business that is A, dealing with an aging population and B, dealing with you got to get in there nitty gritty and personal sometimes to deal with people. How did you as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, 
adapt or be like water, as they say, <laughs> to the situation. Well, yeah. So the first five minutes was, oh, dear Lord, what are we going to do? <laughs> and that was really about the first five minutes. And then, of course, uh, once uh, everybody had calmed down, um, and as an entrepreneur, you've got several responsibilities. You have to wear a lot of hats. The first one is to make sure that your team is comfortable and confident in the game plan and the path that you're laying out. So as an entrepreneur, you have to get ahead of the messaging right away. You can't let other people make the message for you. And even worse, you can't have no message because um, lacking any type of leadership, your staff will find somebody to follow. That's just human nature. And it better be you. You don't want it to be, you know, the number one disgruntled employee you've got on your staff kind of leading the way because you're not stepping up and, and giving the message. So the first thing is to make sure that your staff is calm and comfortable and that they see from you um, that you have a game plan and that you as their leader are calm and collected and uh, are confident that the company is going to make it through. Even if you have to fake it until you make it, you better fake it, right? You know what? Though? Let's let's stop on there because you're you're absolutely yeah. right. You know, having and and I explain this to young, you know, seventeen year old kids. I teach high school part time in the morning, right? And and okay. I always tell them that one of the important things you should do every day is to journal because you might have an idea one day, and as long as you put it on paper, you've had, you've yeah. taken the initial steps on doing something, right? And right. I told them to be weary of sharing their ideas with the people that they love the most. Not that they won't support you, is that you have a vision of something in your mind, something that you can, can see coming to fruition. So you have clarity of vision there, and so you believe in whatever your idea is, your plan, your goal, whatever it is you're gonna do. But the moment you share it with somebody else that doesn't have as clear a vision as you have in your mind, they're going to do what most of them want to do is protect you in a way. And they're gonna be like, that's not a good idea. I've already seen that done. You're going to have all these troubles. And I'd imagine when you're describing what you were going through COVID there, it's kind of the same thing. If you're not showing your employees that there's a vision, there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. This is the direction we're going in. You know, the captain says, you know, we're starting an X, but we're going to end up over here. Like if you don't share that with them, they're going to be like the family that cares about you. They're just going to resort to the things that they know because they don't have that clarity of vision. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with how uh, much you know at a young age. I'm going to start right there about entrepreneurialism. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, you should be proud. So um, I want to say that I want to tweak what you're commenting to your 17-year-olds. Um you're right. Um, I don't like to get advice from people who are not entrepreneurs. So often I am not going to go tell my sister, my cousin, my brother, what my new plans are for a new business. If they are not an entrepreneur, they just don't get it and they can't help you. So what are they going to do? They're going to give you their advice. Their advice just isn't worth uh, really much of anything. Now, they have the best of intentions for you. I mean, they want nothing better for you. They're your family. That They want you to, to be successful. But they don't get it. They don't get what it is to have entrepreneurialism in your heart and in your spirit and in your gut. So they 
won't have uh, what I call experiences to share. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I'm going to tell you is that what uh, to advise those 17 year olds is to find other people who have done something similar to what they're trying to do or thinking about doing or dreaming about ahead of time that have already done something like it and go talk to those people. Mm -hmm. Don't talk to your brother who's, you know, in college to be a CPA. He's not that entrepreneur person necessarily. Now, maybe he is, but it, but if he's not, or, um, or you know, your, your uncle who's a factory guy who just believes in the union and put in your 30 years, those aren't the people that are going to experience share with you. And what you're looking for as a young entrepreneur is an experience share. So seek out people that have already done it. Now, it doesn't mean that they've done exactly what you're doing. But if you can find other entrepreneurs that have been successful as a young entrepreneur at 17 who's just got a great new idea, go talk and share your idea with them because they've lived it. They've been through it. They know what you're up against and they know how to keep you excited and then share real life experiences with you so that you can succeed. Sound I like that. that. No, totally, totally. I, I actually take it one step further. I tell my 17-year-old kids, uh, the kids that are in my class are not really the college-bound kids, right? These right. are the kids that have struggled in high school. They're yeah. taking my class to get that math credit that they need to graduate. So okay. I take a little bit of a different approach with them. And I, I, what I try to share with them is that just because that college route didn't work out for you, just because the high school system said you're not an A student doesn't mean that you can't win in life. Right. And so what I'm trying to tell them is don't go and try to make your way into college, because obviously if it didn't work in high school, it's probably not going to work for you in college. Not that you can't be educated. It's just your mind is not ready to accept that kind of education. So not only do you go and seek mentors that are that are doing something that you want to achieve, but try taking internships, step into that world and start yeah. being a part of that world. Cause yeah. you never know, you might have this great idea and then you step into the world and you realize, Oh, this is not what I want to do with the rest of my life. And at right. least you've tasted it and you know, right. or you go into that whole field and you realize this is exactly what I want to do. And now you're learning from people who are experienced in that space. And when you want to go and venture off and do your own thing or get hired in a different position, you have a foot in the door. Yeah. And did you know now that Harvard has three fourths of its whole entire catalog of college classes available online for free, for free. They don't have to spend the money uh, they won't get the piece of paper at the end that says, I graduated from Harvard. But like you said, they can get the education. They can become knowledgeable about anything they want these days. The internet and, and what we have available to us that we didn't when I was their age is amazing. Mm -hmm. And they need to go out and find ways to get the education they want, even if it means they're not going to a four-year college. Big deal. But they could find six of the best courses that they need just for what they want to do by looking at Harvard's college courses and just watch them online and take those classes for free. Amazing stuff out there. Amazing. Oh, the power of education is, is and that's, that's the thing, you know, like just because I'm telling you not to go to college does not mean I'm telling you not to be educated. Yep. On the contrary, yep. I'm, telling you, yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, you have the, the power of education in the palm of your hand. Anything right. you want to learn, 
anything. And you know, one of the things I'm trying to teach my own, yeah. One thing, one of the things I'm trying to teach my own children is, you know, when they come and ask me for a question, I'm like, well, first thing you need to do is grab your phone, go to Google, and ask Google because that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, take me back. Look, when I was a kid and I wanted to learn something, uh, I was fortunate that my parents had purchased. Encyclopedia Britannica, right? And, the, and for those of you who don't understand what that is, it looks like a book. They all look yeah. the same, except on the on the on the end of the book, the binder edge, right? It has a letter, and it's like from this letter to this letter, and that's where you can look information up. That was the extent of my Google as a kid. How, how vastly different is it for for yeah. the generation today? So much easier today. So much easier. And like I was saying, th- this is th- this is a, a free tool where you can learn anything you want now, anything. So take advantage of it. Oh, 100%. Okay, yeah. so I, I, let me ask you about your your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, sure. You know, it, there's so many different opportunities out there in the world, so many different business ventures that you can go with. How did you get into your the, the home care you know, business uh, and, and why stick to it over the long haul? What was, what was you know, how'd you step into it? Well, uh, I stepped into it accidentally. Um, it was my mother-in-law who was doing, who had a small company doing in-home tutoring for people with developmental disabilities. Uh, so people with mental retardation and things like that. And she would go in one-on-one and tutor them in their home, you know, on life skills or, you know, how to read a bus schedule or how to get a job. Or And uh, one day she said, hey, can you take over? I'm going to go on a hike. I didn't realize that she was going to go on a hike of the Appalachian Trail, which is six friggin' months long. And so um, if those of you who know the Appalachian Trail, it starts like somewhere in Maine and ends up down in Georgia. And it takes six months to to hike this thing. Anyway, so um, I stepped in. What I quickly figured out was there was a great need for in-home health care, not just in-home tutoring. In-home tutoring had a small potential population in my area, but long-term care was huge. And so uh, while she was gone, I moved the company in a new direction. Now, why did I stay in it? Well, because, look, all all ships rise with the rising tide, meaning that the population was in my favor. The, the thing you talked about right at the top of the hour here was the amazing baby boom generation needing long-term care. And you're, you are absolutely correct. And they're going to be needing it for a long time to come. And so it was pretty evident to see that um, it didn't take a great genius to keep this company growing. Um, it took somebody with perseverance who maybe had the entrepreneurial spirit, but I could succeed in spite of myself, not because of myself. So often it's like, I will tell people, hey, you know, where is there a demand that is not being met? You know, either you're going to, as a new entrepreneur, create a brand new demand for something that hasn't been invented yet, because you have that kind of genius that I don't have, or you're going to look already where demand exists, but supply is not always there, and that there's still room for you to supply the demand. Uh, I was in the latter group. I'm not a genius like a Zuckerberg to create a Facebook or Elon Musk to create the next amazing battery pack, Uh, but I found a need that wasn't being met, and that's how I sustained uh, my entrepreneurial company, was to fill that need and keep filling it 
with uh, great customer service and uh, great people, you know, surrounding me, which is another very important point. What were some of the biggest struggles that you can remember early on uh, that you had to find creative ways to kind of overcome them or maybe not creative? They were like, you know, somebody advised you in a direction that you might not have gone in. Yeah. So uh, that's a great question. And it brings back a horrific story with an amazing ending. So uh, I don't know how many years, maybe 20 years ago or so, uh, there was a perfect storm and my company was going to run out of cash. Now I'm going to tell every entrepreneur, whatever you do, you cannot run out of cash. You may have the greatest idea and, and the best team and the best marketing strategy, but if you screw up and let yourself run out of cash, man, it's lights out, literally lights out, no electricity money to pay the bill. And, um, So we were about to run out of cash and we needed about a million dollars to keep going. Now, that's a lot, I get it. Um, But um, we went to bank after bank and the answer was, man, you're a service industry. We really like to invest in real estate. Uh, We don't really know much about service and long-term care. And um, it was a, a large enough amount of money that I wasn't gonna go to friends and family. You know, you're not going to go, you know, to your best friend in in, in high school and say, hey, you got a spare million dollars lying around. Um, no, <laughs> the answer, they'd look at me funny. And so I wasn't going to ask. Um, and it, it was getting down to the wire. Like, uh, I remember it was a Friday when I solved the problem. And our next payroll was going to be the following Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So... That was about a three or four day uh, lead time um, of cushion that I had left. So here's how I solved the problem. And this is, you're going to talk about being creative. Um, uh, A friend, uh, an acquaintance, I would say, was starting his own bank. And he was looking for investors in the bank. And he was saying, you know, I really want you to be an investor. It's going to be a great bank. Um, I've been doing banking all my life. And I know everything about it. Like, okay, great. What else do you need? Uh, well, he says, uh, you know, you can buy in at, you know, shares of, you know, $25,000 to start. Um, but at 50000 I can, you know, put you on the board. Like, wow. Okay. So for two shares, I could be a board member on a brand new uh, Nouveau Bank, as they're called. So I said, uh, tell me, what is your stance on loans? Well, Mitch, you know, as a startup bank, we have to be very aggressive on loans. That's, you know, that's the lifeblood of a new bank. So in the beginning, we're going to we're going to lend a lot of money out. uh, uh, And uh, as we get older and bigger, then we'll get more conservative. I said, "Okay." so here's the music to your ears. Uh, you can tell what's coming, right? I bought yeah. two shares and immediately said, um, here's what I need from you. I need to be your first loan. And I need this loan to be $1 million. And I need it this week. You know, this week, that's unheard of. You go to any bank, it's like, well, this is 30, you know, 30 yeah. 60 days for a turnaround time, especially at this kind of a number. Well, uh a week later, by the end of that week on Friday, I was down there at the temporary offices of this brand new bank. 
they funded a million dollars right into my company's account and it cost me 50,000. Uh, <clears throat> I used that million dollars. Uh, we paid that million dollars back in eight months, uh, which is four years and uh, four months ahead of schedule because I took out a five-year note. And that was the scariest moment of my life, but it was also the most creative way that I solved a problem. Uh, and that was a need for cash. That is a, that is a testimony to the uh, network that you've created, right? And so, oh, you know, yeah. this, is, this is something that I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs understand is that this is a team sport. Right, like the, you oh, need God, to yeah. have a huge network of people. A lot of times, when you have this shower idea or you have some concept that you want to bring to the market, you tend to want to do it all by yourself. Right, like I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna wash the dishes, I'm gonna set the tables, I'm gonna cook the food, you know, because nobody can do it as good as I can. Uh, but this story that you just shared right now is one key piece of a puzzle that a solution wouldn't have existed if you didn't build a network of relationships, whether they're in your business or not related to your business, you never know when that relationship can, well, in this case, cash in, right? Right. Um, I love your uh, phrase that it's a team sport. I had not heard it that put it that way before, but man, are you right on track? It is a team sport. Networking is one of, actually, I think it takes up at least two chapters in my, in my book that I just wrote. And, um, it is so important. So I, I tell my kids who are in college now, oh, you know, you're going to create a networking list and you're going to every time you meet somebody that maybe you can't even think about a way that they may help you now. They may help you five years down the road. You know, they both went to college prep high schools and like so, you know, first thing was every member of your graduating class is on that networking list. Now, they're all in school now. They can't help you at all. But man, one day, you know, they're going to be running companies that you may uh, need to partner with. So they need to be on your list. And every one of your college professors, who knows, they may be someone that you need on your list. So I encourage young entrepreneurs to make a networking list of people. And there's a whole way to approach networking. Um, and if they, uh, if your audience hasn't read uh, the book Never Eat Alone. I highly recommend going out, buying that book, or getting the ebook and reading it, and um, and learning how to be a great networker because there's an art to it. And uh, constantly throughout their life, they need to keep adding to that list of uh, networking people uh, to the point where it's you know into the thousands of people. And my network list is into the thousands. And so you're right. It's um, Here's an interesting aside, but it's really related. An entrepreneur does one thing drastically differently than most other people trying to solve a problem. Most people ask themselves how. Oh my God, how do I find a million dollars? Entrepreneurs don't ask how, they ask who. Mm. Who has done this before that I can call and get some, and get some experience from? And um, that is the best way, because if it's how, then you and your team have got to sit there and spend hours, days, weeks, months trying to solve a major problem uh, that maybe someone in your networking group has already solved. And instead of saying how and taking all this time to learn how and solve the problem, ask who. 
So you go to your network and say, oh, wait a second. You know what? My buddy Steve had a similar issue. It's a different industry, but he, let me call him and see how you approach this. You call Steve. Steve says, how you doing? And you get you get on the phone and you start talking. You say, hey, he's, here's what I'm up against, Steve. You know, I remember you had something similar. How did you deal with that? And Steve will say, well, I'm glad you called because, uh, man, I'll tell you exactly what we did and how we how we got to the end game. And I'm going to tell you a couple of things that we did wrong that you shouldn't do along the way. So Steve becomes your, uh, uh, as you put it, he's a member of your team, right? He's on your team. So because he's one of the entrepreneurs, he's one of your networking people. Now, network doesn't have to all be entrepreneurs, but a lot of mine are. But he's on your team. So Steve solved that problem. And now instead of spending all this time trying to figure out how, you made one phone call by asking who. You learned what Steve did. You come back to your team and says, here's what we're going to do. We don't have to spend all this time researching, you know, trying uh, to uh, put the puzzle pieces together and solve anything. Here's the answer, okay? In this situation, we needed to get to D. Here's A, B, and C. And this is exactly how Steve got us here. And Success leaves clues. Success yeah. leaves clues. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You know the the power of having that network is is vital. So let me I, and and I'm and I'm doing the same thing by the way as Good I meet you. people on the podcast like yourself. Uh, it's it's my thirty minute cheat code of the day. It's where I get to learn a little bit about who you are, your experiences, your yeah. you know A, B, and C steps that you're taking to get to where you yeah. wanted to go, uh, and and I get to absorb all that. Secondly, uh, more um, importantly, you get to put my name and number and contact information in your networking list. And next time you may have a question that is like, oh man, I'm thinking about investing in this uh, long-term care facility as a real estate ploy. Uh, who do I know in this? Wait a second, let me look down my list. Hey, I remember speaking with Mitch Wax. He knows a little something about long-term care. I'm gonna give him a call and see if he's got some experiences to share with me uh, before I put my money into this investment. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. So I started a, a texting community as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I'm going to get in the habit of asking every single guest that I have on the show, what is something that you're struggling with today? Because I might have somebody in my network that can possibly help you. That's a great idea, right? Great idea. I love it. That's brilliant. And that's another whole chapter in my book that I talk about. You have to help others before you expect them to help you. Mm -hmm. So it's about give before you get. Um, often young people say, oh, I met this very successful person. I'm just going to ask them for everything. I want them to hire me and put me on their staff and, and get me and move me up the ladder really fast. Well, what have you offered this person? You know, you can't just run right up to, you know, a Bill Gates and say, what can you do for me? But first you have to say, what can I do for you? And then when you become friends with Bill Gates uh, and you've done some things that have helped Bill or maybe uh, somebody on his team or uh, somehow helped out uh, uh, the program he has to, you know, eradicate a disease in Africa, whatever it is, then you can have the right to ask for a little help yourself. Uh, but it's always about give before you ask to get. Uh, and I'm a big believer in that. And that always has worked for me. Give more than you can imagine, and you're going to get more than you can imagine.
It's like dating. You're not going to score on the first line. You have to actually court the person and get on their good side and give, you know, dates and candies and chocolates and be a good person. And then maybe you sell them (laughs) enough that they like you, right? That's how it's going to work down the road. Uh, so, so Mitch, uh, before we head out, I want to make sure that people, uh, get a, get a hold of your information and even the, the ones that are just listening to the show. So if you can do me a favor, uh, can you share with people how they can get a hold of you if they want to get a copy of your book or, you know, want to talk to you or get some advice from you? Yeah. Um, I'm keeping a list now. My book isn't finished yet. It doesn't even have a title, but if they send me, um, a request, I will give them a book for free. Um, because I, I'm not in this to, to make a lot of money. Uh, I'm not even actually in it to make my money back on the book. Um, I'm doing it for myself. And uh, so I'm happy to give them a, a copy. And it's really uh, an A to Z of how, really how to, how to practice entrepreneurship from the very beginning of your idea all the way to your exit strategy. And what do you do the day after you've exited? Uh, that's why it's, you know, over 500 pages. And, um, and so they can reach me a couple of ways and, and ask, and I'll put them on a, uh, um, I'll, I'll put them on a list for my book. Uh, they can call me or text me at 314-368-9445. That's actually my personal cell, believe it or not. Uh, I'm, I'm giving that out. Uh, my email is uh, Mitch at MitchWax.com. Uh, and that's W-A-K-S, uh, Mitch, M-I-T-C-H, W-A-K-S dot com. Send me an email, uh, introduce. If they just have questions about problems they're having in their business or their company, by all means, I love helping other people. Uh, that's just at my stage in life. I have the time and I love doing it. Uh, I'm a teacher at heart, just like you are. I actually taught for a semester before I went into business. And uh, and I, I've never let go of that bug. I still want to continue to teach others and and coach other people. And I'm happy to do that. Anything they want to know, they can reach out to me and there's no charge. I'm happy to help them. Well, Mitch, thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. I know it's towards the end of the year. Uh, any big plans for 2021? Well, hopefully um, cash in on the groundwork that we have laid. If you're a good entrepreneur, uh, cash in on the groundwork that you put down in 2020, meaning 2021 should be a superior growth year for entrepreneurs if you've done the right things. If you haven't, if you've put yourself in a little hole saying, oh, poor me, the sky is falling, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, 2021 is going to be a crappy year for you. Now, my company has experienced growth in 2020 already um, throughout the whole thing. We're going to experience even more growth in 2021 because we laid a lot of groundwork in 2020 for the coming year. And that really is kind of what this is about. It's about the idea of are you planting the seeds early to harvest what you need later on? You can't just harvest and harvest and harvest. You got to plant. You know, there's a season for everything, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, 2020 was a great season for planting those seeds and getting ready to really harvest the uh, crops of of 2021. So hopefully your listeners have done that. Hopefully they've laid the groundwork and now are are ready to kick some ass in 2021. Uh, I I sure hope they are. If they haven't, well, it's not too late. 
get get your act together in the first quarter of this year, uh, come up with a, a good game plan, and then start executing the last three quarters. And if they're confused as to how, yeah, man, just reach out to me. Oh man, 2021. It's so funny because I uh, I'm part of a 5 a.m. club. We we get on a conference call every morning 5 a.m. just kind of get the gate the the day started in the yeah. in the right direction. And I uh, love that idea. We always talk about our lockdown. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> you know, hashtag for our Justice League. But uh, yeah. we we always talk about our lockdown legacy, and we started talking about it in March. What is going to be your lockdown legacy? What did you do in 2020 when you were locked in your home when you weren't able to go? Did you did you binge it on Netflix? Did you waste that time away? Because 2021 is going to be the year where you see the results of what happens, and that and and there it, you what, you're, you're gonna get praised. And this is a Tony Robbins line. I think it's Tony Robbins. Might have been Jim Rohn because it was his coach. But you're gonna be praised in public for what you do in private. So in private is when you're sweating if you were trying to get into shape. In private is when you were laying down the groundwork for your business. Uh, you know, in private is when you were writing those, you know, putting that pen to paper and, and writing that book. And 2021 is gonna be the year that you're gonna bear the fruit of whatever seeds you planted in 2020. So Mitch. You know, thank you very much for being on the program again. Thank you for taking the time today. Ladies and gents, it's Monday. We got two more days this week. And then that's it for the show for this year. 2021 is upon us. Let's get ready to take it on. Mitch, thank you again for having a great show. Thank you, man, so much from the bottom of my heart for having me on. I love hearing young entrepreneurs and what you guys are doing. I'd love to come back sometime. I've got a million more stories uh, to share. So if you want me back, I'd be honored to come back. I love what you're doing. Thanks for having me on. You know, and there's one thing I didn't do with you that uh, normally James does, but uh, I love to throw in these types of clips. He ain't lying. Tons of experience. <laughs> okay. I love it. That's great. That's talented. All right, ladies. Okay, have a great new year, brother. Have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.